We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Welcome to the Wander Franco Show, everybody. Uh, I am jacked up about this episode because we get to talk about the number one prospect in baseball, and I'm leading with it, even though this is an Indians podcast. We are talking uh, Wander Franco to lead things off. This is the California Penal League podcast. I am Steve. With me, as always, is Chris and Fabs, and they always obviously let me start these episodes, so they have no control over me whatsoever. So I'm letting loose, and I'm talking about Wander Franco. I am, like I said, jacked to the tits about this call-up. He's already paying off. He's he's looking fantastic. I don't know if you guys saw any of this over the past over the past couple of days. He he's uh, got the call up for the Red Sox series. Hit a three run three run game timing <laughs> tying homer in uh, the Tuesday game, and even better, drew two walk. He drew a walk in that first game. Drew two more walks tonight. His, his ratio is fantastic. I don't think he struck out yet. Uh, the man looks fantastic. He's got so much swag. Did I also buy his tops now card about his Homer and call up? Yes, I did. Uh, I would have first... been disappointed if you didn't. Yes, the I certainly Wander did. Franco power hour. Oh, um, we're my, changing the whole show. Steve, my only question to you is uh, when is your appointment at the tattoo shop to uh, get that nice back piece of Wander Franco's mug on your back? Uh, so I, yeah, I've been talking to an artist, uh, who's sketching something up and I actually had to like, he sent me something. I had to send it back. I said, it wasn't big enough. I needed to span literally my entire back and actually like bleed into my shoulders and stuff. Um, so he, uh, he's working on that. He was like kind of taken aback that it was like not big enough. So literally it's going to be almost like a full body tattoo of him, but you thought Randy Rosarena had swag as it should be. You thought a Rosarena had swag. I'm telling you. Wander Franco has like he he looks like the coolest dude who's ever been in a Rays uniform. I'm so excited for him uh, to finally be in the league. But like I said, he, you know he had a great uh, first game of you know awesome, uh, good way to start. The only thing that's just like mind boggling to me is that he did have this like ultra exciting intro to the league hits like an electrifying home run. People are jacked up. All the, the highlights are great. You know, he looks like he belongs. He looks like the next big thing, but nobody's talking about it the next day because we're all living in Rob Manfred's horrible dystopian yeah. society. And instead we're talking about all the foreign substance bullshit. So. And players walking around in their skivvies on the, on the mound. I mean, you know, avert it's your amazing. eyes, children, right. because Sergio, you almost saw Sergio Romo's ass cheeks. So watch out. Now it's, I don't know. I mean, I feel like this is, you know, we'll obviously be getting into, you know, Indians updates and stuff, but I kind of wanted to lead off with some of the around the league stuff today, just because there's a lot of like crazy stuff going on. And I wanted to make sure that we, you know, touched on that first. So obviously I, I, it's crazy. Like it's, it's crazy that the, I guess I didn't really think about when they talked about they were going to start checking for foreign substances. I guess I didn't really like comprehend that we're, it was going to become like uh, a process 70 games into the season. Like, I don't know Dude. why that didn't like click that. That makes no fucking sense to just have this 
really obtrusive thing happen in a sport that's full of weirdos who are very like routine driven and have their like little idiosyncrasies and don't like to even have like the wrong like bag of peanuts or sunflower seeds waiting for them in the dugout, let alone like having Joe West and company stop them whenever they want to like look through their, their glove, their hat, their shirt, like that, that's crazy that this is actually in effect. And then you got managers like Joe Girardi using it as a uh, tactic to throw pitchers off. Yes. So, so Joe, mean, Girardi, Joe Girardi can go get kick rocks for all I care. That dude's a bum. Well, he's definitely sh- he showed his true colors there. Like I understand the the tactic and the mentality, but that's such bush league stuff. Hundred percent. Max Scherzer was checked after the first and third inning, and then in the middle of an at bat, it was either in the middle of an at bat, but it was at least in the middle of the fourth inning. He stopped the game to have the umpires go and check Scherzer again, and it erupted into like a whole big thing. And then like Joe Girardi comes out of the dugout like with his chest all puffed out, like he wants to fight Max Scherzer. And it was I'm like, dude, you're fired. the. What's that? I'm glad he got fired from the Yankees. Like, I'm over. Yeah, him. right. He's, he's, he's so <laughs> annoying. What a bum! Like, what a bum move, dude. You know, it, especially like all of you involved in the game understand like how bullshit it all is because like it's one of those things where it's like every team, every pitcher has like at some point used you know rosin and sunscreen or whatever to like get a grip on the ball, like. This has gone on in baseball for a hundred years. And just like you said, Fabs, in the middle of a season, they were like, oh no, uh, it's a huge problem and we're gonna fix it on the fly. And now it's now you've just now it's just like already within two days, it's out of control. And it sucks. And and you're getting guys hurt because a lot of pitchers are throwing more wild pitches. Jose Ramirez got hit on the foot in Pittsburgh, and you have to wonder if that was I mean. They got lucky, you know. Could you imagine, like, if Ramirez was out for an extended period of time? I, I but, could, I could imagine that. I certainly could. Gone. Yes, yes. It's not that hard to to imagine that. Given no, our luck, not much of a leap. It's not much of a leap. But I don't know. It's just so crazy. Uh, it, it's it's baseball once again kicking itself in the nuts. And but you're right. Like, like, I, I think that this the is, main thing you brought up, Steve, that's important is it is. I, I obviously I want people getting injured. I want people getting hit by like wild pitches. But for the growth of the game, it's just another misstep by Manfred, who's just probably not probably who is easily the worst commissioner in all of sports. Like he's so bad at his job. It's remarkable um, to Wander Franco, a guy you told me about three years ago. You know, like I'm not a I'm not a Rays fan. It's like why the fuck would I know who Wander Franco is? Like in <laughs> yeah, 2017 right. or whatever. Um, but I've been like anticipating his call up. I was kind of tracking online when he hit that home run. I'm obviously a big Fernando Tatis guy. I love all these young players and all the amazing stuff they're doing. But yeah, of course, it, it gets overshadowed by you know Scherzer doing his thing. Uh, was it Romo from? Um, yeah. Yeah, so, he was yeah. one. He he fully he took off. his pants he, off. He, he yeah. took I his pants it. off. Yeah, I yeah, loved yeah. it. I mean, like, like obviously it, it distracted from Wander Franco, but also like I like that the players aren't just doing the the standard baseball response, which is like, okay, like we'll, we'll like we'll comply, we'll listen, we'll get in line. 
I like that they're like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to, yeah, I'll comply, but also make this like really embarrassing for you as an umpire. Right. Well, here's another thing that we haven't even touched on. There's a CBA that uh, man oh, and yes. company have to negotiate with the players union Good luck. this off season. Uh, this is probably not going to bode well for them. I think we're all going to like, we, I think we've touched on it before. We, we're all going to have to get used to the fact that we may not see baseball for like until, until maybe June of, I don't know if it's going to be that bad. I'm, I'm being optimistic. I'm, I'm fingers crossed. If there's a delay, hopefully it's only a month, but yeah, uh, we should also buckle up and prepare for the worst that like you just said, Steve, um, maybe it's only 120 game schedule. It starts in June. Yeah, I, I would be. There's so much. It's, it's like I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this in a sport where in the middle the of the incompetency just is rampant. It's astounding. It's, it's astounding. It, it, it this is like like a lot of the times people will be like Rob Manfred's a, a, a friggin' idiot, you know, blah blah blah, and like what a chud. He's such a chud, and you know. You kind of look at it and you're like, oh, well, okay. It's like, so he's not great or whatever, you know, but like, I don't know if there's ever been so blatantly stupid a decision that like makes it so abundantly clear, like how bad he, like typically you don't get so transparent, a, a an example of like how shitty like a commissioner is at their job. Like people like poop on commissioners a lot, but like, you know, this is an example where it's like, oh no, this is like the dumbest thing you've ever thought of. And I, yeah, I'm like I say most away. of the time, most of the time they're more nuanced uh, decisions that fans don't like. That you really have to be a fan of the game. But I, outside of outside of Manfred and his cronies, is there anybody that thinks this is like at, like a decent idea? Well, no one was asking for it. That's the thing. Exactly. It's like, there wasn't a single person on the planet who was like, oh, we need to fix this. That's not, that wasn't even a thing. Well, I, I, I think people All you would have had to do is ban the spider attack. Exactly. All you would have had to do is just ban that. Exactly. I think the substances got too crazy. Like we had said in prior episodes, sunscreen and rosin have been around for forever. Pine tar is readily available. I think if you keep it kind of in that realm where players are using those substances and, you know, their own sweat sometimes, because that's kind of what started the Scherzer thing, was he, he was, was trying to, sweat. Yeah. He, he was using his own sweat from his forehead, and if you kind of keep it to those substances, those are those have been being used for years. But when you yeah, get I to mean, this spider tech where you can pick up a brick, uh, a, a Sixty pound open hand, brick yeah. with it with an open hand like they're advertising. That's a little ridiculous. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I it, mean, like baseball is so bad at this. Like, remember when NBA had that? They changed their ball like at the beginning of the season. Oh yeah, we, yeah. Were, like, I think we brought is, that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah this last like two preseason games, right? And then they were just like, okay, you're right. Like, we won't use this. Yeah, it was <laughs> like the next. It was yeah. the next big thing, and they complained so much that they were like, oh, never mind. Like, we messed up. Our bad. Well, and like, you know, hockey has tried a bunch of different stuff that like players were like, nah, we're good. We're not going to do that. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I would actually be, I would be curious as to how long this lasts. I don't know. 
I, I don't even know if this whole situation lasts the whole season, to be honest. I, I wonder if they'll quietly start to allow players to like use the, you know, typical substances, but like, you know, the spider attack and all that kind of stuff gets, gets banned. I don't, I don't know. Or they could I, I at least create a ball that isn't so like shitty, you know, right. They, exactly. And like baseball, baseball's changed this ball like every year over the last like five years and every year it's like different. So it's like, yeah. They Were they even, buying like, those balls from like Walmart with like a, a polyurethane cover? Yeah. They, <laughs> right, they yeah. send an intern. They send an intern, like go get two, two cartons of balls and, yeah. uh, We'll be good. For I love. Them. I, I, yeah. I love that they don't even have a they they don't even have a process in place for like the mudding of the balls. It's like it's they, just up to the clubhouse managers. I didn't realize and, and that and, either. I thought there yeah. had to be. There, I thought there was a consistent process, but it, there's not at all. I think there's like kind of like a set standard of practice, but the times are all different. It. Like days yeah. before, a uh, couple hours before, like how it's, it's stored. Yeah, like they've they're trying to introduce these like mudding machines that'll like make it standard and also like trying to, uh cuz Tito uh has mentioned like the Japanese ball has like a different grip mm. and so they I think he I think he was bringing up like why not just use like the Japanese ball but I don't Are the know the seams higher on that ball maybe I'm not sure all I saw was like a quote from him about it I'll have to go try to track that down I had not heard that that's um Sounds maybe I maybe I had a fever dream and made it up, but I'm pretty sure that he had brought that one up when they asked him like initially about uh like the ball. So there's like a million reasons, a million other things they could have done aside from 100%. like this plan. So I it's still, super frustrating. I'm still in the camp of you have a certain segment of substances that you can use. Like we've just gone over the rosin, the sunscreen, pine tar. Those have been around. Kind of yeah, turn the blind and, eye to those. Spider tag, other concoctions of whatnot. That's what you got to check. Uh, yep. You know, there's a way that they can check the pitchers too. Because relief pitchers are being checked after their first inning. So why why can't starters be checked right before the first pitch and when they exit the game? And I like you, that. You I periodically like that. check. You periodically check a ball, you know, toss it to the ball boy, and they just toss it in a bucket, and that bucket goes and is analyzed after the game. And if it comes back positive with a substance on it, so be it. You know, then you imply the uh, the fine and and penalty to the to the pitcher and the coaching staff that you would, but. It's already, you know, making the game longer and uh, causing headaches. And for it's pitchers. embarrassing too. Like I, like it's, optically, yeah, it looks really a, silly. And it's just, yeah. yeah, it's like a, it looks like a, like a, a school at like a middle school, uh, school, a rule at like a middle school game where you're like, oh yeah, they do this thing. You're like, oh, that's that's really strange. Um, I like that though, Chris. I think that would be you do for a starter, like when they first go out and then when they come back in. Because I mean, you you don't need to get so uh, in the weeds like during the game. It's 162 games. Assess the penalty afterward. Like if you do find something on the ball, uh, you can put the balls all all aside. 
I mean, if you really have to police this to the degree they think they need to, um, I'm hoping that pitchers continue to just make a spectacle of it until Manfred just changes course. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm 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 in agreement with that. I am noticing too that a lot of pitchers look really uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, who would do it first? Probably Bauer. I was just Trevor, about to say oh, Trevor sure. Bauer. I was like, Trevor yeah. Bauer's going to take this to the next level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, probably, I, but I'm, you know what? He'll, be, he'll do something a little more cheeky than that. It'll be a little more subtle than just whipping it out. It'll be, you know what he'll probably do? He'll probably have some, like, compression shorts on or something like that with, like, a like a, a, a flesh-colored thong underneath. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he'll probably just take the, that compression short down and you know the 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 cameras be darned and uh, sure see how good the sensors are. I love that. That's, yeah, that would be. I can see that. You're, you guys yeah. are right. It will be Trevor Bauer. Yeah, whatever it is, whoever it is, it's, it's going to be Trevor Bauer. But yeah, he'll he'll come up with something. I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've just if he takes, if he really takes what I just said, I want I want some royalties for whatever merch he comes up with. <laughs> oh yeah, he'll definitely find a way to sell it. Whatever it ends up being. Oh yeah. But yeah, so uh, it's not going to. It's not spoiling my my Wander Franco fest. I have enjoyed his uh, his first two games uh, yep. in the league uh, to to this point. So super pumped. Obviously, he was the number one prospect. So I would implore every if you don't know who he is, find yourself some raise games because uh, not only are they really good, they also now have the number one prospect on the team. So uh, they're in a dogfight. In the East with the Red Sox. Steve, you got to get one of those raised throwback jerseys, the Wander Franco one. Yes. I was actually thinking of that. Too like, a, today. like the black jersey, like the black with no, the. No, that, like, that, that way bogs teal. One. Oh, I was talking about the white yeah. one that they brought back with the. Like, yeah, with the, with the, the gradient. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I probably will. Honestly, I probably or, will. Or get that, get that fake throwback. That was a that's a that's a good look. Yeah, the fake. I like the fake throwback. Um, I, I just do weird, very weirdly get the the green era when they were like mm. <laughs> when the Carl Crawford the years. Vest. The vest, yeah, get like a Franco vest. That <laughs> like would from, be like, that would be sick. That'd be just good. the Scott Casimir uh, well, Carl Crawford I was years. Say, I think. I think with uh, now that how readily available these knockoff jerseys are from China, it's a small investment. It's <laughs> I like that we're really just outwardly, we're civic. just endorsing go buy your jerseys at on Chinese sites. Not that I've ever done it. I've only well, what's a good you know, one? well don't worry, we're not yeah. sponsors yet. Yeah, yeah uh, what's, what's a good site? To what's buy a good stuff? one? DHgate. Okay, that's always the one. I'll, yeah. I, I hope I don't like get them shut down and my package. We we like never see Chris okay. again. <laughs> yeah, I'm just hauled away. Chris gets taken in the middle of the night. I'm doing seven years of federal prison time for buying Chinese right. knockoff jerseys for my own yeah personal uh, collection. Um, yeah, but no, with with the rise of uh, the Chinese knockoff jerseys, I, I mean, I really think Steve. It would behoove you to just. It would be cool. Buy all I'll go of look. these, all of these. Like, I mean, it's a small, small investment to buy like four jerseys. Well, the thing oh, is, yeah, it's like, like the, seventeen dollars. 
it's amazing. Yeah, yeah the it's, thing it's cheaper the thing than is buying like, a t-shirt. The the official jerseys are so expensive. It does like there's a reason why people end up going to like a DH gate because it's like, am I going to spend 175 dollars on like a authentic jersey for anybody? Am I going to be an idiot in 2019 and buy a Francisco Lindor jersey at full price and then see him walk away a season later? Yes, you're right. I am. (laughs) Well, at least you weren't one of those people that then, like, when he left, like, filmed yourself burning it in a barrel. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, Not yet, at least. Yeah, just give it time. Um, Okay, so I was was not going to be able to withhold my Wander Franco talk, so I made sure we let off with that. Let's dig into the Cleveland Indians, who are uh, also in a dogfight in their division, uh, in the Central, obviously. Um, as we've mentioned, more in a dogfight more so than I thought. I, I believe in a previous episode I said we have to start looking at the, the White Sox uh, as the division winner, potentially, already. And then they went and got manhandled by the Houston Astros, and suddenly the Indians are only a couple games out. So, uh, despite not having a rotation anymore. If you had told yeah, me two and a half games out with uh a cascade of with not one starting without with no, not one pitcher no, from the, the opening, opening day, day lineup. Uh, if yes, you told he me he wasn't being hyperbolic with our we don't have a, a a starting pitching rotation. Like we literally don't have anybody from from the first week. If you had told me that the Indians would not have a starting pitcher from their rotation from the opening day rotation, like pitching in June, I would have been like, are we 30 games out? Like I would have assumed we have like 30 games under 500. (laughs) Yeah. Are we already 30 (laughs) games under Like what's happening? It is honestly incredible. The most recent injury, obviously being to Aaron Savali who left the Cubs start early on Monday because he had like a finger injury which now is going to cost him literally four to five weeks, which he was the last man standing uh, among the five. So, I mean, it's like, it's just like, you look at the rotation that's being set and you're just like, how are they doing this? I mean, and how long can it stand up? I I don't know. Thank goodness we're in the midst of Trashapalooza. That's the other thing. So we've been talking about Trashapalooza. It's the 19-game stretch to end June that included... Uh, some of uh, baseball's worst teams. Yeah, the Mariners, of- Orioles, Pirates, Cubs, Twins, and Tigers. And as you mentioned here in the notes, Chris, the Indians are 8-4 and four so far uh, with seven games left, the four-gamer yeah. against the Twins and the, closing out the month with the Tigers. So the goal was 13-6. and six. We thought would be like kind of the, the record that we should aim for. And, and, and that was and just four. winning the series. That was just winning the series. Yep. And splitting, uh, well... The Cubs series was a two gamer, but we kind of said split that one. So, yeah, we're we're six and three this past week, eight and four so far through the Mariners, Orioles, Pirates, and Cubs. I mean, it was painful to lose two out of three to the Pirates, though. That yeah, was, that was gross. yeah, but like, but on the, on the same hand, you swept the Orioles. That kind of gave you that that wiggle room to lose an extra True. game and. Uh, Pittsburgh. I will say this about the Pittsburgh series: the way they fought back on that Friday night game when they were down eleven to nothing uh, was nice to see. Saturday's yes. game, where the bullpen just decided to 
like yeah, throw their hands up and not find the strike zone um, and allow the Pirates to score. What was it like? There was like six runs in the seventh. Yeah, it was eight, two, three, was... two, three run homers. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that that one hurt. That was painful. But they, you know, they avoided the sweep, which is good. Yes. The only thing, and this is obviously being recorded. Uh, we're recording this right before the start of the four game weekend series in Minnesota. The Twins have won five of six. Their season is obviously still kind of hanging in limbo. I was Byron just Buxton, about to ask you are you are you still? Oh on yeah, dude. The I mean, Twins can make the playoff bandwagon. I don't know if I'd say that they. I don't know if I'm, I would say that they can make the playoffs, but they're only. Now you'll laugh. They're only eleven games under, and they've won. Like I said, five of six. The Indians are coming in with no rotation, like literally nobody. I can't argue, I can't argue that. I I would be nervous going into this series because the Twins still have. I mean, I don't. I don't wish any harm on anybody, but like the Indians catch a bit of a break. I mean, unfortunately for Byron Buxton, who like, I don't know yeah. what that dude did in a previous life, but like, he, he is the most like someone he could be. I don't, he's the most star crossed dude to ever play baseball because when he's healthy, he's like an MVP caliber player, but like, he is he never just healthy. Can't. Yeah. He never. got, he got just, uh, he just got hit on the hand and fractured his, uh, finger or something. So, um, he's out what another month now. Yeah, like I guess we'll see you see you in August, dude. So it's really unfortunate, but I mean the Indians catch some somewhat of a break on that front. You know, unfortunately for him, maybe Nelson Cruz gets traded before the series. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, like they sell, the, they sell early. <laughs> yeah, right. They just like g- give up on, like, yeah. on Friday afternoon. I don't know. Um, you look at the pitching probables for the Indians. Uh, you had put in the rotation here. It's a uh, J.C. Mejia, Cal Quantrill, Sam Henches, and Eli Morgan are your starters uh, yeah. for the weekend series. And it's like, Jesus I mean, Christ. none of that inspires confidence against the Twins lineup that can still, like, right. bash it. Yeah, so, well, well, I don't know. I guess this is, this is me being optimistic. Class half full. Let's hope that those, each of those guys can get through the rotation one to two times give you at least four innings and uh Quantrill's the only one that gives me confidence in that. Eli Morgan actually he does oh, the Eli Morgan had a really nice game uh yeah. yesterday against the Cubs. Yeah. He went five solid innings and then his last couple starts have been okay, haven't they? I thought his last um, couple starts have been all right. That was his first yeah, yeah. start, I believe. I thought he had two bullpen. I I I would say that he it's, it's too nasty uh, to take a look at. It's I mean yeah, you know, his ERA I, is, I mean his ERA is it's a nice it's a nice 10 <laughs> 10.3 but I know I have to go back and find his uh his other start cuz I know the Toronto start was like god awful but um he had that other yeah start before the Cubs game um which I believe he pitched Here. okay. Hold on, here we go. So the Toronto start, he went two and two thirds, got lit allowed up, allowed six runs. 
and he left that game with a 20.25 ERA. Wonderful. <laughs> I think that was the, a crazy weather night, too. That was like... Yeah, yeah, it was. Yes. Good call. Yes, it was like the hurricane. Um, I guess Baltimore, he fared a little bit better going three and two thirds. He did allow three runs. Uh, His ERA dropped by almost eight full runs from that. And then that next start. And then yesterday uh, on the 22nd, he went five. Um, he got into that sixth inning, and then that's when things just kind of imploded for him. So, yeah. Again, if he can give you three plus five innings, you know, somewhere in that ballpark. You, I mean, if you like Morgan, give it four to five. I guess you'll take it. Um, Same with uh, you know, yeah. they do because you could have a big stretch where if if these guys get banged up early. You might just like wave the towel early just so you don't kill your bullpen in this four game series. Oh, yeah. If one of these games gets out to like an eight nothing in like the second inning, they might just be like, keep going. We're we're pretending it's like it's 1910. I don't care if you throw 200 pitches tonight, just like meatball them over. We'll we'll play tomorrow. Right. We'll we'll lose. I mean, we'll take the 16 to two loss and try again tomorrow. Exactly. That's kind of. I mean, that's kind of been the Indians' mo over the yeah. over the season. Has been like they'll they'll get their they'll get just annihilated in games, and yeah. yet they come back the next day or the next week, and it's like it never happened. Like they've never right to the Indians. They're able this to year, put those games in the in the back of their mind very quickly, which is a very they, good trait to have. They compartmentalize things very well. Um, now, I will say there are some interesting storm clouds on the horizon in terms of the scheduling. Uh, we thought Trash yeah. Palooza was yeah. June. Look at, listen to this. So, July. Don't, let me, no, don't, 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 please don't. I've already, I, I did it like two weeks ago, and that first half of July fucking sucks. Buckle yeah. up. You better because hope that Fred knows he's injecting himself now oh, to get, get ready for that return. Oh, sweet baby Jesus! It's, it's let me hurt. tell you, let me tell you the opponents that. Uh, let me just let me just give you a quick rundown of how it breaks down for July: Houston, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Oakland, Houston, Tampa Bay, St. Louis, and then the White Sox. That yeah. is a hell of a month. We could win five games the entire month. I mean that's make or break time right there. July is, is gonna July really will is. tell you July will tell you how this season's gonna play out and it just sucks that like you're not gonna have Bieber and Savali during that. You might have Plesak for you half may of not, that month. You may not have Plesak even until that yeah. probably maybe that Kansas City series. Kansas City series is that the yeah. one right before the All Star break? Yeah. Okay. So they yes. might just, yeah. depending may on how not. it's going, they might just be like, let's just hold him till after the All-Star break. Yeah, I mean, if he's if he's not progressing as well, why rush him? Uh, that, is, yeah. that is a brutal month. Yeah, that is, that is really month, tough. Man. July is tough. But... I No, I, I, I did that 
feeble exercise a few weeks ago. And yes, I, uh, it's very scary. I it's a very scary it. proposition. I didn't sleep well that night. Well, but, I will tell you this. But, oh, I was just going to say, if they can get out of that month with like a winning record on the month without having two or their three or just go starters, dude, like, and they're going to start getting some of their guys. They're going to get Fran Mel back. Yes. They're going to get Roberto Perez back soon. Um, Austin Hedges, like, yeah, there's some offensive help on the way. And I can't wait to see Fran Reyes with Bobby Bradley in the lineup. Oh, God. Your one through six is now super good. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, we, ha- we have, like, an actual batting lineup, which is exciting. Well, I'll tell you this. The thing that makes me more optimistic for the end of uh, this June stretch and then into July is that the offense actually in June has been on fire. They currently yeah. through June lead the majors still uh, as a team with runners in scoring position. They're hitting 338, um, which is still good enough to lead the majors. And you've got a number of guys in the lineup who have just been absolutely on fire mm-hmm. for the entire month. You've got uh, Eddie Rosario, has been on fire. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, the the Super Rosario brothers, have been all over it. <laughs> I love that nickname. That is, um, that is pretty incredible. solid. Who made yeah, that I'm T-shirt like already? Act from like GV artwork already century. made that. So GV artwork made the Super Rosario brothers shirt, which I absolutely love. Um, I just wish Eddie Rosario was locked up a little bit more than just uh, the next four months. Otherwise, I'd make the uh, plunge on that T-shirt. Well, don't we have a team option? Don't we have a team option? No. Uh, no. I wouldn't nope. be surprised if we go back to him and say, hey, here's $16 wanna, million dollars for a two-year deal. Do you want to play for a million dollars, Mr. Rosario? <laughs> Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> and it's like, it's like a representative of the team in like too big of a suit. Like a suit that yeah, their mom it, gave. Yeah, oh, it's Dolan's like a total like intern. It's like an intern. Yeah, Dolan's like, like waiting in like a limo. Like it's, right it's like nephew. It's yeah. his yeah. nephew to like to like help him learn like communication skills and like get <laughs> <Yes>. practice. <laughs> he comes running back. What do you say? He said no and drove away. <laughs> <laughs> well, well hey. I guess I should have paid some people to do that. Oh well. <laughs> hey, if that scenario does play out, at least we have Harold Ramirez. Who we can pencil in as an everyday outfielder next Harold year. Ramirez has been hitting. Anytime Big Harold gets in the lineup, he does some good stuff. Uh, that guy puts bat on the ball like you wouldn't believe, which like you're going to do good things when you're just putting the ball in play. Just so, put it in play. Well, that's what the Indians that are doing great. Team. That's what the Indians Tyler have been doing Naquin. really well. Hey, I know you were sad about Tyler Naquin. Was that you putting that note in there? Yeah, that was me. He had his 12th home run tonight. He's on pace for like over 105 RBIs, and he's batting like 273. <laughs> like, I mean, he had like, didn't he hit like 10 of those homers like in April, like in the first week? I think it was like the first like nine days. Yeah. I think most of his, I have to look at his splits, but like, I'm pretty sure that like most of what he did happen in the first two weeks of the season. I think season. he yeah, I re- runs in the first two weeks. You're right. That, yeah. that does sound about right. I mean, hey, I, but I won't bash him because, like, I love Tyler Naquin. Oh, I, I, Tyler Naquin. I would have kept like, him. One of the greatest Cleveland moments ever. They signed him for, like, a million dollars. You, like, the Indians, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That was a guy that I definitely would have kept around. But if it was, 
If he was on the Indians, he would have had another like shin injury or something. Oh, you, you're course. right. I mean, you're totally right. Been gone for like four, five months. Four homers. Mm-hmm. 20 days on the Little League Park in Cincinnati. So he's definitely, I wonder, I got to take a look at his splits. I I love him though. Like, I'm glad he's doing, I'm I'm glad he's doing well in Cincinnati. Like, I hope that happens. Um, But yes, Harold Ramirez is a great find for us, for our outfield. Naquin, or or Naquin, I'm still, he's still in my brain. Uh, Naylor, like, that's another, like, I'm, our outfield, you know, all of a sudden, Zimmer, knock on wood. I mean, defensively. Around. Yeah. D- well, here's okay. the thing: is you're asking you're asking Bradley Zimmer to to hit eighth in the lineup, which means like if he can hit 250, 240 to two fifty with his defense and stay healthy, that's all I'm asking for him to do. Totally. It's all it's all I need Bradley Zimmer to do. So, to date, he's he's been right around there, which is nice. Um, but I mean, the guy that if you were to, if if the Indians like stick through this stretch, the guy who you'll look back on and be like, he was the catalyst is Bobby Bradley. Like there For is sure. a different energy, different energy in the lineup with him in it. And like there was a ho- that homer he hit on Monday against the Cubs. It was like an uh, it was like a changeup that he muscled out opposite field in the left field, and it was like that's what they've been missing. Like. Bobby Bradley puts mm-hmm. like he, he he like probably doesn't like square up as well on that ball because he hits it like opposite field like it was like kind of like a bailout swing almost on like a changeup and he muscled it out and it's like that's what he brings to the table. So I can tell you hit- who won't be. I can tell you somebody who doesn't do that. Jake Bowers. <laughs> Although he, I think I have to, I haven't checked recently, but I thought oh, he was like off to an okay start tonight. Did you guys not see that? Oh shit! <laughs> no, his oh, numbers God. have been uh, his numbers been have okay. been pretty good. Yeah, uh, been all right since That's he fine. got acquired by the Mariners, and good for him. Yeah. That's um, fine. It was just clear that it wasn't going to work out. No, in Cleveland, and I also did hear some rumblings after the trade too that there was a lot of people in the clubhouse who did not care for Jake Bowers. Which was news to me. Interesting. Do you, have more had, info, do you have more info on that? I don't. I just this is all just secondhand information that was on one of the radio shows where they were like, "Yeah, a lot of the players didn't care for him." Showboat. I don't even think it. Huh? Or like a sh- like not, like a, not even kind of like, like a Nick Swisher type, like he, just a dude that irritates everybody. Yes, in the same vein that Nick Swisher thought he was still an all-star, uh, Jake Bowers thought he was an all-star after proving nothing at the bigs. So right, he was a former top pick. That certainly rubbed um, a number of individuals the wrong way. It's basically what, what was said on, on the radio. Um, Interesting. Which I... You know, I think it's pretty well established that after the 2019 season, uh, the front office wanted him to work on some things. And he was like, no, I'm going back home. I'm going to go do my own thing. And like, I don't care what you guys want me to do. I'm going to go do what I always do. I got um, wave runners to drive. Get the fuck out of my way. Yeah. He was, <laughs> he was surfing and, and, you know, on jet skis 
for the offseason. And that's why you didn't see him at all in 2020. Exactly. Exactly. He's with Kenny Powers in Tampa. That's right. His life. Hey, I can't blame the guy. Yeah. So I would hang out with Kenny Powers. I mean, obviously. <laughs> I so I think the that is, you know, that that I think gives some cause for optimism is that I think the I think the lineup can maybe help bridge the gap. You still have a great bullpen. It's being overworked probably to the max at this point, but well, they um, have that. I mean, I got to think that there's going to be a guy. There's going to be some roster manipulation. I feel like here in the next, you know, even maybe before tomorrow's game to get another bullpen arm, at least for oh, the totally. weekend. Do you, I mean, are, do you see a trade like us possibly doing a trade? That's the other thing pitcher? too. Like that's the other thing. Like that do is we the jump factor the, out there. Do we do we try to get a trade done before the before the All Star game for a starting pitcher? I mean, we keep I mean, going I, back to the the Pittsburgh well with Anderson and um, Frazier. Yeah, Frazier. Yeah, like yes. Is that something that and, we have to? Anderson just threw another. I mean, his ERA is a little a little high, but he just threw another solid game the other. I think on like Monday. Uh, he's yeah, he's a quality. I just mean, just a guy to come come in and and at least give you some stability. Yeah, he's going to give you four. To, he's going to give you five to six innings. He's not going to blow you away with the stuff. But I mean, they almost have to look for like a like two starters. I mean, it, it's like. Because I like what's the what what is the uh, like Bieber's not even going to pick up a freaking ball for another like at least two another weeks. week at least yeah. another week I think it's been it's That's, already been one week where he hasn't picked it up I thought initially it was two weeks where he wasn't yeah That's what I read on like Cleveland dot com or something a couple of days ago yeah. It was like two weeks of like no baseball baseball anything. activity and then they were yeah. going to have him start trying and see. And then, yeah, you never know. Like you get pick it up, start throwing. And it's like something goes so wrong right now, and then it's like, oh, I well, mean, yeah, you could like, have like the right. dreaded setback, you know? Yeah, and that could be, you know, that might be the rest of the season. So, I mean, you for this team to, I think, realistically make a a run at a wild card spot, I, you got it. You need two of these guys. You need Savali and Plesic or Bieber, and like you, you need at least two of them. Because then you could you could do a trade for a proven like because if they're still there uh, in uh, late July and they're they survive July and the, you have two of your guys but then Bieber maybe Bieber has a setback you you gotta make a trade at that point because if our that means our offense is clicking and uh, you go for it I'm not saying you give up if they're the farm but you can get a proven starting pitcher for pretty much nothing. Well, it's kind of a perfect storm scenario for them because, as we've discussed, they have so many guys that are going to be subjected to like Rule Five stuff and the forty man in the next year. Mm-hmm. They have a plethora of guys that they aren't going to be able to put on the forty man and potentially keep anyway. So, like the perfect storm scenario here is that they may have to just end up trading some guys to like make it all fit. And this would be the year to do it. It'll be they'll be looking for either super cheap, super cheap uh, help 
or guys that they control for at least another year. So, you know, two-year deals or guys that are like just relatively affordable in their contracts or, you know, whatever the case might be. It's like the Indians aren't typically in like the rental business. They, they are usually trying to get guys that provide like additional value. At least a year and a half of. Control. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you, cause you do have to start thinking about like, you know, even like the future beyond Bieber, please and Savali, your four and five is pretty, pretty wide open. Uh, for the time being. Um, I would just say McKenzie has the uh, inside track at one of those spots. I guess, but it's like until that guy, until he demonstrates consistent control, I, he, it's like funny. It's like they don't even, they're not even like touching him right now. They, they, they no, lost all no, their starters and they were like, no, we're good. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he just needs to get me. his head on straight. I was, I'm, I'm looking at the Columbus roster um, and honestly, it's 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 kind of slim pickings as who as far as who we could even bring up. Um, yeah, it's Logan Allen. Preston I believe he was getting lit up. Uh, and Scott Moss, and I don't believe any one of those three have been particularly lights out. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of like. Uh, Plutko stands saying, like, how could we have traded him? What were they thinking? And it's like, well, <laughs> like, come on. I mean, he would be, yeah, he'd be like in this rotation, but it would be like, he'd be like the sacrificial lamb getting like lit 100%. up for six runs every yeah. fifth day, you know? It'll, yeah. I mean, if they make it to the end of July and they're still like realistically in contention, this will be like the greatest managerial job that. Terry Francona's ever done. Absolutely. Just also, to that like, point. Also, get excited about the future of this team because the fact that they're doing all this with the adversity they faced, the, the little things that they're doing, like like that, that comeback they had against the Pirates where they almost down 10 runs in the seventh inning, like having yeah. no starting pitchers from opening day, 70 games in the season, 71 games in the season, still fighting. Uh, a bunch of great young guys. So I, I'm just, you know, I, I want us to definitely make the playoffs this year. Like I, I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised with how these guys are developing. And there's only like two guys on this roster uh, that I would say are everyday players that are probably going to be gone in a year or two. And that's Eddie Rosario and Cesar Hernandez. Right. Everybody else is under control for like three to four years at least. So right, yeah, Caesar. I would. I, I, I was thinking Caesar is uh, on a two-year deal. Okay, I, he was the one on the two-year deal. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll, I, yeah, he'll definitely probably just play it out through next year. Rosario could go either way. I don't know. We'll see. And, and yeah, I, I mean, hey, he's he's had a great last forty-some games since like May first, Eddie. That is, and I'm still. In the camp of why not just at least go to him and say, here's $16 million, $17 million over two years. You know? Yeah. And if he, if he yeah. doesn't produce, it's not the end of the world. You, you ship him away for maybe another reclamation type player and change the scenery for those two guys might 
benefit them. Or you just, but, or you just eat that. Or you, you know, just it's eat like, it. Yeah. I mean, whatever. it's, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. It's um, like an albatross of a contract like no. Mickey Swish was. No, God, no. So it, it's interesting. I mean, and then when you look at like, you put it in the context of where the team has started this season and like what that compared to in previous years, I thought that note that you had, Chris, about like uh, the team after 70 games, like where they stood after 70 games in like previous years. Oh, super uh, interesting. Yes. was very yeah. interesting. Yeah, so we were 40 and 30 this year, and there were, going back to 94, there were only eight seasons that we were at or above that. Um, I like that in 2016, now, they had the exact same record after 70 games. Yeah, yeah. There was there were some wild years. I mean, 95 being 49 and 21. Oh, my God, that team. That was, man. that's pretty wild. 99, 47 and 23. 96, 46, and 24. I mean, those 99 are 99 when we blew the series lead against Boston 2 0. And yeah, and Pedro I yes. think, pitched in like game five. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Even though he was like, I think he like came in like into relief or something and was like hurt, if I remember right. I was literally just reading about this. I believe. In game five, Pedro was like, he pitched like three innings in relief or something. It was like hurt, but like came into pitch. I could be way off, but I think no, you're that was totally right. It was. it was like a super high scoring game five, too. And that, and what sucked about it was the uh, Boston should have actually played the Yankees. It was before they changed the rule where you could, if you were the wild card and the division winner was the one seed, you wouldn't play each other. So like Boston played the two seed Indians. But now you do. Yeah, now it's yeah. just like it's yeah. Terrible. We would have played Texas yeah. that year and God had it probably been... the Yankees and the ALCS. All right, let's take a look at Game Five of that. Game Five, I believe, was super high scoring. If I like remember my misery reads correctly, I thought maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe he didn't. No, no. That. Pedro got the dub. Pedro got the the win in the bottom of the fourth. Jimmy Williams, the Red Sox manager, replaced Derek Lowe with the ailing Pedro Martinez, who had hey. left game one with a back injury. I was right. Okay. He threw six scoreless innings, yep. striking out okay. eight. Yeah, because I remember uh, wow. he he like he had like a huge back injury. Like it was like he couldn't like bend over. He was in like shooting pain and all that kind of stuff. And then yeah. like he just went out there and just lit up the Indians. So but not enough, yeah. We had Dave Burba, Bartolo Colon, Charles Nagy, Jarrett Wright in the middle of his decline, and Dwight Gooden at the end of his career. What a wasted era. Yeah. Like, what literally. an absolute... It still shocks me to go back and look at the pitching that the Indians had in that era. I mean, it, it's it's baffling. It's, it's like still, highly it, irresponsible like, they didn't trade away like... Brian Giles. Ramirez, or like one of your studs. For like two, you know, frontline starters or something like that, or a side I mean, guy. or we've a talked Jared many Wright, a Jared, a Jared Wright, Wright for, for Pedro, Randy Pedro, or Randy, Randy Johnson, Johnson, or Kurt Schilling. Uh, yeah, because that would have been the year with that with that rotation, that ninety nine year. 
that was after they could have traded Jarrett Wright uh, for for Pedro. So then you talk about uh, and Dave Berber won like eighteen games that season. So then you have Pedro, Bartolo Colon, and Dave Berber's your three. Charles and Nagy is like a four. Yeah, Ooh. like yeah. Then all of a sudden Pedro is a part of the Boston team, and then you play the Yankees with a great offense, and you still have a great you, you finally have a good uh, pitching rotation. If I'm not mistaken, really I believe, yeah. So, yeah, that he was Pedro was in the midst of a two-time Cy Young stretch in '99 and 2000. He had a 207 yeah. ERA in '99. He had a 174 ERA in 2000. Jesus God, like he's insane. insane. He, he's, I don't remember how many great duels him and Bartolo Colon had those like two years. Yeah, Pedro was the man. Like he, he was. was so good. Unbelievable, I don't, and it, it still hurts to think that like the Indians are like, no, we're, we're Jared Wright's going to be somehow better. He's the next. We're he's good. the next big thing. Yeah, That's he's the, the next. Thing, Pedro. Like, I never understand. Like, if if it's not a money thing, I never understand the like not trading the prospect or like the always trade for the proven talent, man. For yeah. the for the Which, Cy Young winning person, like, what are you doing? Which I, I don't want to advocate just getting rid of prospects for bottom feeder roster fillers right now, but we have so many freaking middle infielders. We definitely need we to can, make some trades. We like can sure. afford to trade one or yes. two or even like five. And it, I mean, yes. it would be a disservice to this team to like not give them a competitive chance to give them some kind of pitching at all. During this weird fluke injury stretch, like yeah, they, they're playing way better than anyone expected. Just give them a chance. I'm not saying trade, you know, three of our top prospects and Tristan McKenzie away for a uh, you know an all star pitcher. Just give, give us a, a veteran pitcher, a guy who's consistently you know like ten and nine, ten and eight with like a four point one ERA, like who isn't injured. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be one of those things where it's like they'll want to balance what they give up versus like what obviously what they're getting in return. Um, they're going to want usually, the control for sure, like you said. They're going to want they some control, want... or it's going to not be a deal that is going to cost them too much. Like, uh, you know, we talked about Tyler Anderson a lot, but like, there's Kyle Gibson over there with the Rangers, and he's having mm-hmm. a really fantastic year. If I, I don't he's know like what his contract is. So he's 33. 33. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Gibson's 33. He has a 2.17 ERA this year um, with the Rangers. So he's really pitching well. I don't know his contract situation. And they have um, an outfielder who has uh, been rumored so he's to be signed, on the block for like a number of years, too. And Joey Gallo. What'd you say? Oh, Joey Gallo. Yeah, Joey so, Gallo has been rumored yeah. to be on the block for last two, two and a half years too. So, so here's the interesting thing about Kyle Gibson is that dude is signed through next year. Uh, He's making 9 million, almost 10 million this year. And he's making almost, he's making like seven, six next year. So he's 30 deal. He'd be an interesting veteran to bring in. Um, He's, you know, his, his numbers over the years have never been like, 
unbelievable. Like it's kind of like he's but he's having by far his best season ever this year. So it's not like you'd be getting a guy that maybe necessarily is worth that amount. Like that's an insane deal that he was given by the Rangers. But yes, it was. He, like that is the stupidest thing they've ever done. Uh but is it you look they've done some dumb things. Yeah, they've done some way dumber things than that. They're pretty stupid for this one. Maybe it's not okay. the worst, but pretty stupid. Right. But you think about him as a fourth or fifth starter down the line. And in the, and if you picked him up for this year when he's pitching as well as he is, like at an all-star level, might be yeah. worth it. And here's another thing, Steve, that I don't want uh to let go before we uh move on to anybody else in a 162 game average he's at 194 innings i mean mm-hmm. the man's pitched 179 and a third 194 and two thirds 147 and a third 158 196 and two thirds 160 he's already at 83 this year yeah he, he can eat some innings yeah give me and he's going to be on everybody's please. radar He's going to be on everybody's radar. I mean, a career 4.4 ERA is not the best, but in this era, I think you can live with it. Yeah. And, yeah, and do you, and do you capitalize good. on the magic of his, of his season that he's having right now? Yeah. It's like, you definitely, you know, yeah, you definitely do. Cause, cause then you, you think you figure you get police back hopefully in two weeks and you have two like good starters. Yeah, McKenzie gets his head on straight a little bit. Then it's like, okay, cool, like that's fine. And you, you I actually just looked at McKenzie's numbers in Columbus too, and they're pretty nice. It's only three games, but the ERA yeah, is then you point have seven three. So now you have four starters all nice. of a sudden, as opposed to zero. Yeah, and even if even if Quantrill and McKenzie are only giving you, at, at least if they can get you into the fifth, if they right. can at least get you into the fifth. You still would have a guy like a JC Mejia, an Eli Morgan, uh, a Kyle Nelson, uh, a, a Trevor Steffen type guy who could piggyback for two, maybe three innings. I mean, three is kind of stretching it, but if they went out, if they just went out and signed, if they went out and traded for. Kyle Gibson, Tyler Anderson, and Adam Frazier, like those three guys. Dude. You'd be, a, it's like, would, it's like do it think, now. A, I don't think you were you would be giving up too much in top line prospects. No. And B, holy heck, would that just solve so many problems, both short and long term. Yeah. I, I think if they if like you were saying, it's like, why wait? Let's let's see what we can, because like the pirates, hundred set the, the market. Pirates and Rangers Don't are let them, out of it. Yeah, yeah. What do they have to play for? Yeah, do it now. You know, if you went the to market them, soft. And, and yeah. I hate to say it, I hate to, I hate. I mean, the kids have been tearing the ball off the cover in Columbus, but uh, Arius or Arius from oh, uh, yeah. who we got in the uh, from the Padres in the Clevenger trade. He seems like a guy who's going to be sol. I mean, he he really doesn't play third base. He's kind of set at shortstop. And Ahmed Rosario is kind of showing you flashes of that top 10 prospect stuff so far. 
Yeah. And then, I mean, I think Jimenez has always, you know, kind of been higher than uh, Arius on, on the prospect rankings too. Toss a guy like that down to uh, one of those teams, right? And, and I think that's a that's a good starting point. I mean, you're going to have to give away a name of a prospect, yeah, that right? fans yeah. have at least that's heard of. Sure. Yeah, because Frazier's got another. Frazier's got two years left in the deal. I think it was just a two year deal. I think it was just a two year deal. Okay, so this year and next. So a year and a half of control. I was going to say, I know Anderson's only this year. Yes. And then Gibson, we just established as, you know, another massively overpaid for two two more years. Yeah. But I mean, if if you get the Rangers to somehow cover. Hey, they're paying Rudnet Odor's entire salary. So yeah, I mean, if you get the if you give the Rangers a better prospect in return for Gibson, and maybe it's Arius, right? Okay, let's just use him as the example. You give them that prospect for Gibson, and you're like, hey, you know what? Season's halfway over, but there's still you know. Five and a half million dollars left on the deal cover, you know, I don't know, three, let's just say of it. And you cover a little bit of next year's. Yeah. Totally. It's not hurt you in the book, you know, in the, no. in the pocketbook. And it's not like I don't think we're going to go out and spend like a drunken sailor in free agency this offseason. No, but I'm all about, I'm all about bringing in veteran that, rotation. That shores help, it up. Yeah. And they're not yeah. long-term deals, so you know it's just they're they're bridge they're bridge guys, right? But every rotation, every team needs the veteran presence, man. I mean, hundred percent. Like I, the, the old, you know, the saying that they always use is, "Whenever you think you have enough pitching, that's when you go out and get more." And like the Indians have literally exhausted all of their pitching, so they need to go you, out and get more. And there's names out there. That- do you think the Twins would want to just, you know, make a trade for uh, Jose Brias to us? Well, <laughs> and not, I was trying to exist not, in reality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I am too. I'm, I'm just... Because, like, I wasn't even looking at, it like, out there. Yeah. Like, I wasn't even looking at anybody from, like, the Tigers no, or... No, anybody you know. in the Tigers and Twins, forget about, but I know... Because I actually thought Robbie Grossman... Been, I was like, oh, Robbie Grossman would be an interesting pickup from the Tigers, but, like... They, it just wouldn't happen. Like we, we no. just wouldn't do it. You so, have to overpay. Yeah, grossly so, overpay, and it's just not worth it. But we'll see. I mean, you have to assume the Indians are looking at it. They, they there's no reason they they wouldn't be. It's just like I think they're trying to get their sea legs under them a little bit and just be like, okay, well, we have to actually still play these games, and who the hell are we gonna like? throw out there, but you know that they've already got calls in and stuff. 100%. And and my line of thinking is, you go go out and set the market. Don't wait for the market to come to you and for some of these other guys to get traded and those deals to kind of set the market. You know, don't don't wait until July 30th to get these deals done. Also, yeah, don't wait because you might, you might, you know... We could tumble on it. 10, yeah. 13 in July, then it's like, well, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to I'd like to be going into the All-Star break feeling pretty good about the second half of the month, knowing that we've gotten 
like maybe uh, maybe a dude in the rotation with like Pleissette coming back like that that might be your best case scenario. I mean, yeah. But then you look at it it's like say it's Tyler Anderson, Pleissette comes back, Eli Morgan, Cal Quantrill, like yeah, that's not ideal. And I definitely wouldn't have thought that would be the rotation in July. But with the way the season's shaking out, might be your best hope. That's not the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, still pretty nasty, but it's just, it's wild. It is just, it's truly nuts to me that this is where they stand and also have like their, one of their best starts. It just, you know, yeah. Terry Francona, man, what, what more can you say? He's a magician. He's, and yet all is, these yeah, chuds out there on social media want to fire him. <laughs> this is definitely one of his best jobs. Like it's pretty, pretty fun to watch. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm just, I can't wait for Framer Race to come back, man. I, I just want to, him and Bobby. It's going to be so beautiful. Oh, like, like we have, like go, if you go through it, like we, we actually might have one through seven uh, in terms of like hitting because you got, I'm not going to do this in order, but you got the two Rosarios, you got Cesar, yeah. you got Jose, Jose. Jose Ramirez, Naylor, Bobby Bradley, and Framo Reyes. That's like seven yep. legitimate like bats in your lineup. And here's the thing about Naylor. Naylor really hasn't even gotten hot yet. Right. No. no He's yeah. just kind of been steady, steady Eddie for, uh, you know, not his name, but for lack of a better uh, thing on the top of my mind, uh, he's just really just kind of been steady the whole season. He had that nice home run the other night. Yes, he did. But, I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll totally take this when we were talking, you know, early in the year. Like, yeah. oh my god, this might be one of the worst offensive lineups like in the majors. Um, how it's kind of slowly and steadily turned around. Um, and, and, you know, we were talking like if just one of these guys they call up can make any kind of impact on offense, like that would just, that would be, you know, the icing on the cake. Um, we thought at the time we would have a, a fully healthy starting, uh, pitching rotation. Um, but you know, well, if, if, Hey man, if, if this team make the playoffs with this adversity, this might be one of the most like miracle Cleveland Indian seasons that we've gotten to experience. I'll, I'll take it a step lower than that. Fabs. If this team is in contention heading into the last week of the season, you know, let's even if say they go into September, even if they go into September, yeah, let's like say they go, uh, go into September two yeah. games out of the wild card. It'd be awesome. That That's amazing. Oh, it'd be awesome. And that's great because that provides all your young guys, a bunch of really valuable experience. Mm-hmm. And you got to think yeah. of the collective bargaining agreement this offseason. They're probably going to add an additional playoff spot. Like they're going to expand the playoffs. And so next season, you have that much greater of a chance to make the, make the postseason. And you'll, you're going to be like right after the White Sox in our division. I, I don't see any of the teams getting, like, I, I, I think we're probably the second best team in our division for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I mean, it should be a good stretch. It should be a good, you know, a couple of years, you know, the, the White Sox in the next few years will have some interesting choices to make because Dallas Keuchel and Lance Lynn are both going to be like, yeah, 
they're not like long-term options for the rotation. So it'll be interesting to see like where the White Sox land. So for the next few years, yeah, unless the twin, I mean, unless the twins really get their act together, you're, you're, I, but then again, so the, the Royals too, man, like the, but the Royals going to be good. But do the Royals, I, I, I've looked and the Royals don't seem to have that high end set of prospects coming up just yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the pitching that the White Sox have hasn't, you know, like you just said, Keigel and, and even Rodon isn't necessarily locked up long term with them either. Uh, and Lynn. So that's, that's, you know, you're talking 60% of your starting pitching from this year could be gone in two years. Yeah, that is true. And, and the young pitching there really hasn't, I don't want to say it's disappointed because it hasn't disappointed, but they haven't really proven it though yet either. Yeah. Yeah. Cause and I mean, you just don't, I know Michael Kopech was like their big pitching prospect and I think he got hurt again. Yeah. I mean, so you don't really know like if, he, if he's ever going to be in your long-term plans, he was supposed to be. So it'll be interesting. Um, the Indians have a lot of flexibility here. And I feel like there are a number of moves that they can make to like satisfy both the present and future sort of outlook for the team. So, uh, yeah, the, I would I would be like shocked if they weren't already like starting to map together some options on that front. So uh, we'll see. They better. Um, Shame on I them mean, if they're not. It would be shocking to me if like they did not make a move from now until the trade deadline, like at all for any rotation help. It would be like baffled, like utterly baffling to me if they didn't. But I've been baffled before. So we'll see. <laughs> what I know we, we kind of talked like some of the injury updates. Uh we talked the big ones. The one yeah, I think the I would say I mean at least for me with the injuries, we have some reinforcements coming back. Hopefully before the all star break in Reyes, Perez, Hedges and Fingers crossed, Plesic. Yep. I mean, that's... I mean, Fabs has been gushing over Reyes coming back into the lineup. And uh, rightfully so. But if you could add those four guys back to the lineup, and you really, at that point, just missing Bieber and Savali, I'll take that as a, as a minor victory. Yeah, you just have... It's like you have to just start thinking... It's like the, the damage is done. So you just have to be like, all right, what's like, what's like best case scenario here? Yeah. And whether the storm or take it one guy at a time. Days. Like I'll, I'll take, I'll go, I'll take, pl- I'll go crazy. Zach and Reyes coming back. I'll say something crazy. If we're healthy, I think we're the third toughest matchup in the AL in the postseason. Ooh. After the, the Rays and the, the Rays and the Astros. Cause we match up really well, and we've 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 so far have a winning record against the White Sox. Yeah. I think we have, I think we have a better rotation, and our offense is cooking. So I think we could beat the A's in a, in a postseason matchup. Boston, I don't think their pitching is very good. I don't, I don't, th- I think Boston's going to start to fade. Um, and the Yankees are kind of, I mean, the Yankees like obviously like kick our ass. <laughs> it seems like every year in the postseason, but like just. Based on what I've seen, if we're all healthy, I 
I like her odds against the Yankees as well. Yeah, with Ooh. healthy rotation, I, yeah. I mean, if we can add I would another say, bat just to extend the lineup that much more. Yeah, I would say we're a top five team. I would say we're probably like the fifth best team in the AL. That would be my take. Like, oh, I even think healthy. that's fair. I just meant in the playoff in terms of matchups where you're going to rely on that front end uh, starting yeah. pitching way more. Yeah, I mean, if you... I, yeah, I think if, we could sneak a series. Everybody healthy, yeah. I totally think we could sneak a series against uh, a White Sox or a Yankees um, in a first-round match with a healthy well, top of the rotation. If, if you were... Right now, if you were the wild card team, you would be playing the Astros. I know it's June 24th of the recording here, so okay. a lot could change, but, you know... Looking ahead, if if the playoffs were to start today, the wild the AL wild card winner would play. But the Astros use the Astros. foreign substances. Their pitchers use foreign substances. Their batters use trash cans and buzzers. I mean, it's not a fair fight. Well, the thing that the, I mean, the thing that's like, in, you know, for all the uh, you know cheating and like BS and stuff that happened with the Astros. Damn, are they really uh, pretty damn good? They they really have like, I think yeah. this is like kind of like their revenge tour in a way to be like, which is right, hilarious. We'll just, which is hilarious because it's like they cheated, they didn't get punished for it, and like we now we have it out for everybody, and it's like for right. what? No, I know. Like, you got an entire season with no fans. Like the season mm-hmm. after you, everything came out. You literally got to play every one of your games without fans. Like, that was you. true because like. I remember in spring training of 2020, they like came out like and had like that really weird press conference with Bregman yes. and Altuve. And it was like oh, real weird. Yeah, that was, and it was like, it, like they were like arguing with reporters and stuff. And it was like bizarre. And so it was like, strange. Oh, this is going to be fun this year. And then COVID happened and it was like, Oh good. We'll just all forget about it. I haven't forgotten. Yeah. Chris does not forget these things. I know Dodgers. Um, I'll see. I'll see them on. I'll see them uh, in a week on Thursday. That is true. Yes. Yeah. For the July Fourth weekend. Yeah. Oh, I saw. Oh, this is a good note. Baker Mayfield isn't loyal to Cleveland anymore. Everybody, because he went to a Padres game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I uh, did. Did anybody listen to Colin Cowherd? See how he reacted because. I can oh, only no, imagine I, his I take. Did, I did look it up when I saw that note, and I was like, maybe he said something in the last couple of days, but it doesn't look like he said anything about Baker recently. I mean, he probably wants was, his quarterback yeah. supporting the local team. Right, exactly. He does, yeah. You know, um, but, uh, but I did see just quick Browns news that Baker's agent said today that they think they're going to get an extension done this summer. Yeah, which is good. Yes. Which get ahead, really get ahead of those other guys. Kind of like that's that's my thinking with the Indians on the trade deadline. Yeah. Get ahead of these other teams. Set the market right, man. so that Set the, market the market doesn't suddenly like shoot yeah. up. Right. Exactly. Don't let the market dictate you your moves. You dictate the market. Exactly. Because like last thing you need is like Lamar signing for like forty million a year, and then I mean, not the last thing you need, but like Baker then like goes on an all like a MVP run this season. And it's like, well, we could have mm-hmm. had him for like 24 a year. Guess it's going to be 40. Oh, yeah, right. Well, between him, him, Chubb, and Ward, they all seem really uh, 
down to stay in Cleveland. Yep. And why we'll seller? Yeah, people do want it, to talk it about is, the line. It is a it is a weird, wild world that we currently are living in. Browns could have like a window of like five years of just top of the AFC. Oh my god, I love it. I, I mean, I the Indians could win five are, World uh, Series. The Indians have won Indians. five World Series in that time, and it won't matter. Yeah, the Browns would go no. nine and eight every season. It's like, oh my god, like this is a, what what a great time to be a Cleveland sports fan. Oh, because of the Indians five World Series. Oh, the Indians still play baseball. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it's like, no, why. the Browns were the Super or the Browns were the playoffs the four of the last five years. <laughs> I do. I just we love made the Browns are finally something and the AFC is like the strongest it's ever been. Hey, as long as it's not Tom Brady, I, I'll take my chances. That's fair. Though, yeah, that's totally fair. That, you know what I mean? Like, hey, like that man GM, had a stranglehold. I was going to say, his GM says he could play till 50. I want to know what artificial limbs Tom Brady's going to be having if he's playing towards till he's 50. I'm it's into insane. it. It's insane. I'm into it. I want him he's to gonna play have like forever. The, he's going to have like the Ostrapistorius like, like legs. He's just going to get like... Without the murder of Giselle. Hopefully. Yeah, my, minus the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the killing. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. He'll have I mean, like Terminator legs. Like, he'll, like, he'll like purposely go get at like Terminator legs. Yes, and I he's crazy really enough. What he where he would? I'm hoping we have this like great story this year where you know this Tampa juggernaut that's just formed out of out of the blue meets the Browns in the Super Bowl, and everyone's like, "Well, like it was a great surprise." But Tom Brady's going to get his what his eighth his eighth Super Bowl, and then the Browns like somehow win. Davian Clowney just clocks him for like his only sack on the season, yes. and uh, oh, Brady sack. is like, "What? What? His only sack of the season?" Oh yeah, Davian Clowney doesn't get sacks. Okay, oh, all right. He's got like he's got like three sacks in the last like two years. He's awesome. gonna get some sacks this year though with Miles Garrett. Oh yeah, no, no, he'll definitely. He should definitely have like three or four this year. Or Miles um, Garrett will get a ton of sacks because they're gonna be doubling. Yeah, Clowney, yeah, so. no. Yeah, no, but Davian, since he has left Houston, he's been well injury prone and and also just not getting sacks. But yeah, no, he 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 comes alive and turn turns back the clock of time and uh, lights up Tom Brady in the backfield. The rest. What'll probably like, when in reality, what'll probably happen is Tom Brady will slay Baker Mayfield in the Super Bowl this year, and then he'll destroy Josh Allen the next year, and then Lamar Jackson the year after that, and he'll take down every young quarterback in all the AFC. Down, all the AFC. <laughs> he'll beat them all, juggernauts, and then Patrick Mahomes again for good measure. Yeah, <laughs> Patrick, I'm circling back for you, buddy. I'm coming back for you. I mean, I do want the Indians more, I think, than any team, but. The, the Cleveland Browns winning a Super Bowl is like, I don't know what would physically happen to me in those closing seconds. Like, the Cavs are would down probably... crying. I would just like to start laughing hysterically, I think, and just like almost seizure out for like an hour. I was going to say, I feel like a lot of people would just like, their bodies would go numb, and you would just like fall <laughs> to the ground and like convulse just <laughs> yes. uncontrollably. Yep. I think Cleveland would probably cease to exist. Like, I think, like, oh, 100%. It would burn. It burn. Like, there would be nothing left. It would be as if, like, the no. city never, like, people would be looking at a map and it would be like, it says here that, like, there's a city called Cleveland. <laughs> it says yeah. it's on the map. And then you just <laughs> like see some, the, the haze. It's like some like post apocalyptic. Yeah. Yeah. 
all the bridges into this city that like were destroyed in like a Bane coordinated attack by Cleveland, like drunk Cleveland Brown fans. Yeah, right. Hundred yeah. percent happened. Well, I've got some real. I got some news more exciting than a potential Brown Super Bowl for you. Um, Ooh. And I wanted to I wanted to throw this out there before we get into our uh, know your prospect and the random Indian of the week. Uh, we have our first knuckleballer oh. uh, of the season. Hold on, hold on. Wait a second. I have a sound effect for that. Oh, let's go. Car- car- we'll carry on, and I'll, I'll just okay. All right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I should. I guess I should have told you ahead of time. Um, so this is very very exciting. We have there have been knuckleballs thrown in the league this year, but they've been, I think Danny Mendick was throwing them as a position player, uh, I believe for the White Sox. And so we have an official actual knuckleballer in baseball in 2021. And I don't believe we've had one for a couple of years. I've thought about it for so long. I miss it. I love the knuckleball. I wish every team had a knuckleballer. It's the best. Mickey Janice, baby. For the Orioles, he got the call up. This dude is 33 years old. He has played 11 seasons. Um, or actually, no, he's played. Yeah, so he's played 11 seasons. And he's played minor leagues, foreign leagues, independent ball. Like, he's been everywhere. He's he been the through the ringer. In the Mets. He, that dude has been through the ringer. And he just got the call up for the Orioles. And he pitched tonight against the Astros and got lit up. So he pitched three and a third and gave up seven <laughs> runs. So um, probably not the best team to uh, make your like major league debut as a knuckleballer against uh, because or with at, or with. Yeah, that's probably like worst case scenario, but I don't even care, man. Like, I love it. He's he's back, baby. The knuckleball is back. I was seeing some like pitching videos, uh, like pitching ninja and stuff was doing like, you know, just the like knuckleball rotation videos. And I just, I, I can't, I can never get enough fell of the love. You, you, fell you throw, love. you get, you throw a high speed camera at me with like a knuckleball being thrown. I will watch that rotation or that non rotation <laughs> on like a continuous loop. I love the knuckleball, man. Uh, so we've got a knuckleball. Didn't Steven Wright get like, Banned from the league this year for like PED test. Oh, um, the, yeah, from the Red Sox. Yeah, because I mean he was a knuckleballer too. He was. Yeah, he. Um, I I don't remember what it says that he signed a minor league deal with the Pirates back in March, and he must have. No, just didn't catch on. It just didn't catch on with. But he does have two. He had two suspensions, so. Yeah, uh, he got popped for the eighty games with the Red Sox. So that dude, yeah, he got suspended twice, but he did sign a minor league deal with the Pirates, and then uh, it just didn't pan out. So he was one of the last. He was one of the last there. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mickey Janice, thirty three years old. That's the dream, baby. To uh, there's hope reinvent. for us. There's hope for all of us. We still could quit our day jobs, quit our day jobs, get some YouTube and TikTok videos out there of us throwing the knuckle. You know, I mean, that's what's been great about remote work. I just go out in the the street and practice my knuckler every day, destroy some some windows of my neighbors. But (laughs) but I'm getting there. 
minor casualties <laughs> no, on that 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 big fat contract. Exactly, guys. That would I'll be like when the Dodgers pick me up. Yeah, right. You, yeah, just go. Oh, you really need I to be doing, Go throw it. Yeah, go throw it out in in like the parking lot at Dodger Stadium, dude. I like, should. go play catch over there. I should do that. Or uh, in front of the GM's like house in his neighborhood. You know, you gotta you gotta go to the source. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If if you're not bordering on like having a uh, cease and desist or drawing a blank on it right now, crap. A restraining order. Restraining order. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, if you're not getting a restraining order order against you, I don't think you're doing it right. Yeah, you've had so many against you. I can't believe you forgot that. What, what the name was. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we don't want to talk about those. Yeah, well, those uh, yeah, misunderstandings. That's, dark, that's a they dark misunderstanding we'll at a later time. Yeah, I understand. Um, all right, let's let's wrap this bad boy up. Let's do know your prospect and the random Indian of the week. So, Chris, you want to do the know your prospect? Yeah. So today's uh, prospect is actually somebody I had not really even heard of until this past week when he got. Promoted to Columbus, it's uh, Francisco Perez, and the thing about him that stood out was that he has a near forty-seven percent strikeout rate so far in the season. Jesus, um, yeah, yeah, he is a twenty-three-year-old left-handed pitcher coming out of the bullpen now for multiple innings, but he was a starter in the past. Um, signed in 2014 as an international free agent uh, in Akron. He had a 3-0 record in 11 games, uh, a .67 ERA, 27 innings pitched, and only 46 strikeouts. Mama mia. Uh, like I said, he just got the call up to Columbus, and I honestly have not even checked to see if he's gotten in any games with the Clippers just yet. Um, Let's call him up. So bear Let's with go. me. Be, be be an over. Who cares? Do yeah, you, do you I was going to say, he, he, he uh, with the way things are going right now, he might find his way onto the uh, 40-man here in uh, no time if uh, he can, you know, give it a couple innings in Columbus and do the same. Um Let's take a look, pulling it up the Columbus stats right now. Looks like he did get into a few games in Columbus. He's gotten into one. His ERA went from uh, 0.67 in Columbus, or I'm sorry, in Akron. He now is sporting a 54 ERA. Oh, in Columbus. good. Wonderful. He has uh, oh, wow. he allowed. He allowed two runs in a third of an inning. Yeah, what are you gonna do? That's that's usually so, how it goes. If it was if it was a fifty four ERA in like a hundred innings, I'd be like, boy, boy, I don't know. That's him wrong. Why are we featuring him? <laughs> we should not <laughs> be featuring him. Know so. him, be, know him, and then forget him. Yeah, yeah, that's but, all right. Uh, he's only fun. had that one third of an inning so far in yeah. Columbus. So don't look at those Columbus stats. The the Akron yeah. stats just make you drool and. Uh, the, p- yeah. the pitching Grand- factory turns out another, An- and, and another, and another. Every I week, love it. I-, I think my next three prospects that I have lined up, at least in my mind, are all pitching prospects with um, 
similarly ungodly numbers. Okay. So stay right. tuned. More to I come. I dig it. All right. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So I've got the random Indian of the week. So are you guys ready? Let's do it. Yes. All right. So I think I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a couple uh, hints and then I will uh, give you one that should absolutely uh, give it away. So it'll be kind of All a right. fun one. So right. this man played 17 years in baseball, uh, but just one season with the Indians in 1990. So in hundred and in 145 plate appearances, he hit 200, uh, had one homer, eight RBIs, like nothing crazy. Ended his career at the age of 36 uh, with the Indians in 1990, okay? okay? He he won an MVP in 1979 with the St. Louis Cardinals. He was on the 1986 Mets in the oh. you know in, infamous year uh, of the World Series, the Bill Buckner World Series, okay? Do you have a get? Do you already have it, Chris? I I believe I do. Excellent. I believe he, I do. He is currently, as if this would make be a hint that you would know. He's one of my favorite broadcasters in baseball, and he once had a run in trying to get Jerry Seinfeld to help him move. Yep. Yep. Obviously, Keith Hernandez. Keith Hernandez, baby. What, what, great mustache. What's the the mustache, baby? What was the hint that got you, Chris? Was it the MVP? Uh, it was the Mets for me. The Mets, I think, was the yeah, same, same. I, I think knew it was he was that. on the Indians, but I didn't know it was only for a season, and I didn't know it was his final season. That that was that yeah. was yeah. really interesting. For some reason, I thought he, I thought he, I knew he came here, and I couldn't remember if it was for one or two seasons. I know it was very short lived, but I thought he, he went he almost threw me. Somewhere I didn't else know he for was from St. Louis. Dude, the fight, like, I don't know if people really realize how good Keith Hernandez was. Like, he's, he's so a career. So yeah, he was, it, he was good. He was a career 296 hitter. Uh, he had a career on base of 384. Um, Jesus. the only reason people really don't, I guess, really look at his stats much is that he just did not have any power. Um, in no. the year, in the year that he won the MVP in 1979 with the Cardinals, he had 48 doubles. And eleven homers, but he had hundred and five RBIs. Like, does, that's impossible. Like, to hit. I was gonna say, wasn't his like career high for homers like somewhere like in the fourteen, fifteen range? It was. So he hit. He hit fifteen a couple times. Sixteen. His career high was actually eighteen. Oh, eighteen in nineteen eighty seven. So, if you're listening, Tyler Naquin's on on track to beat that. That is true. He's putting up Keith Hernandez numbers, baby. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but like Hernandez was a guy that typically, if I'm when I look at it here, more often than not walked more than he struck out throughout his career. Like and, and sometimes by like an absurd degree. Like in 1986, the year they won the World Series, he he had 94 walks and only 69 strikeouts. Oh, so that's a beautiful like, ratio. It's very nice. 
So he, uh, damn good player, man. Just like, like what the only thing I was ever like missing from his stats was power. That that's really it. Yeah. Cause he had, he had like 426 career doubles. Like the dude, dude was a line drive hitter. It would appear. And just, well, I mean, reason, in, that, like, in that era, I, that was totally, totally. It, it's it's like, not like today's, you know, three true outcomes. No, not, not at all, but it is a little shocking just how little power he really had. Like, well, even if he, he could probably, even if he had like doubled his home run totals, he'd be like a Hall of Famer. Potentially, he had doubled his homers. How many? To- oh, like career on average, homers you're just- saying per year. So, so like he has he has 160. So he has like 162. Yeah, he's 162 career homers. Yeah, if yeah. He, if he had like 325 homers. With that, be Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yep. How many all star those? He had like five or six, uh, right? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Five. Okay. Five of a World Series and an MVP. And those so he had, numbers. He won I, I, the MVP, I mean, five-time All-Star, 11-time Gold Glover. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, if he had... I, yep. Again, those the, the homers kind of hurt him. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, like that really is like the only thing that like conceivably you look at and go, yeah, like without the power, it it makes it an easier choice not to have him in. Well, in a similar vein, I, I mean, we didn't spend too much time and I don't want to, you know, belabor the subject, but. Um, I mean, he had I over 2,100 at... hits. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. What were you going to say? Yeah. I was going to say. Harold Ramirez's numbers on this season are amazing. When you really boil it down to it, I mean, he's doing a little bit better than his rookie campaign of 2019, but he's really kind of on pace for the similar numbers. But that's a guy who's, you know, probably a 17 to 18 home run, a 275 batting average, 70, 80 RBIs, you know, but in today's yeah. era, that's kind of just, eh, you know. If you have that in your right. six or seven hole, I will absolutely take that. I mean, and I'm not trying to compare Harold Ramirez to a five-time All-Star, but sounds like it, you are. I think in the similar. I mean, to make the point, yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, no, the, the, the yeah, lack I of love, you. the lack of love yeah. is, is where I'm going. At, where it's just no, it's it's it is an interesting. He's a really interesting case uh, because guys like that fall through the cracks a lot. It's like sometimes people only get, you know, people only look at like power numbers, but like there, you know, a guy like Harold Ramirez, there's still a place for that guy in your lineup. You, you need guys like yeah. that. You you absolutely you should have two or three guys like, like, that. like that. Yes. What I would take, you know, every team would take a Keith Hernandez on their roster. Oh, even, even if he's not clearing you 20 homers, like, if the guy yeah. is gonna, if the guy's averaging like th- nearly thirty doubles a season, gold glove every year, yeah, defensively yeah, the best at his position, on base over four hundred usually, hit nearly three hundred, thirty doubles a year. Sign me up for that. Yes. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you're gonna tell me 40, he's a real at least forty five from another era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if you were to say, hey, 
your first baseman is going to play gold glove defense for his whole career. Average, you know, nearly 100 RBI, 45 extra base hits. You'd say, yeah, okay, sign me up. 100%. Yeah. I mean, would you not? I mean. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, it's uh, a no-brainer. So, interesting. Uh, I bet you didn't think you were getting that much Keith Hernandez talk this episode, but that's what you got. We could do a whole recap on that Seinfeld episode one time, too. I mean, there's weeks where nothing happens in the offseason. Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. I've got, actually, I'll talk to you guys about it. I've got some ideas brewing about different things we could do. So, that actually would be a lot of fun. But we can talk about it. So, all right. Well, that that wraps us up. Uh, This might be our longest episode to date. Uh, If you've made it this long, uh, thanks for sticking around for the uh, Browns and Keith Hernandez talk. We really appreciate it. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> we almost went off the rails there, but we we brought it back. We brought it back in. Oh yeah, baby! So be sure to follow us on social at Cal Penal Pod, uh, and hopefully with the next time we talk to you, the Indians uh, have gotten through Trashapalooza unscathed and are hopefully entering the terrifying abyss of July at least in a decent position and still in. Uh, Good, good contention uh, window here. So striking, uh, we, striking distance, striking distance. We'll call it. We'll call it striking distance. So uh, let's see what happens. Uh, like I said, follow us on social, and we'll catch you guys later. <laughs>